Good morning. morning. Welcome to all of you on the ninth Sunday in the season of Pentecost. And here we are deep into the summer months. And um, so far, summer, our first summer in Wilmington has been spectacular. It's a great place to be. We're loving it. Um, There are lots of announcements to bring to your attention in in your news for the pews. The QR code at the back of your your worship folder is a good way to access that. Um, But I'd like Laurie to come forward and and say a word or two about uh, the projects that we're preparing for God's work, our hands. If you could use that mic. Well, for the home viewers, it's helpful to use the, the microphone. Good morning, everybody. I'm Lori Weirs, if you don't know me. Um, So I'm excited to take over God's Work Our Hands this year. And so September 10th, we'll be back to two services. But in between the two services, we'll all meet in the fellowship hall. We're going to have some projects that we're going to focus on Mother Hubbard's Cupboard, since that's our ministry that we are already working with. So we're going to have some different stations. Starting next week, you'll be getting through the bulletin and through the emails the list of things that we're going to be collecting, certain food items. We're also going to be collecting any bags that you have. And, you know, us women, we have a lot of bags around that we usually can get rid of one or two. Anything with handles, because there's a lot of homeless people that go through there, and so they can always use bags. So if you want to start putting those aside, we'll probably put a box in the office that you can start dropping those off. The food that we're going to be collecting, if you'll keep it until then, because we don't want to get it mixed up with the regular Mother Hubbard's covered um, boxes. But we just look forward to everybody coming that day, and we'll also have Kids Making It, who we sponsored last month. They will have a table here with things, items to sell that the kids have made, and they'll be taking checks and cards for those. So looking forward to that day. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. It's going to be a wonderful day for sure. So today is the, uh, the last occasion for the Opera Wilmington to put on its performance of La Traviata, which I'm, I'm happy to say I'm just overjoyed to be a part of the cast for that uh, in the choir. It's so much fun. But just out of curiosity, how many of you have either seen it in one of these first three performances or are going today? Holy Toledo, I'm going to brag about you people. (laughs) How many of you, raise of hands, first time ever to a live um, opera? So a whole bunch of you. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. As you know, or may not know, um, Opera Wilmington has just, just not even in 10 years, it's it's done five, six, seven grand operas um, trying to acclimate the, the community of Wilmington to grand opera. And it looks like it's happening. It looks like it's happening. So kudos to you for participating in that, and thank you for the gift that you've given me to participate in that. It's, it's truly a joy. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship our great God.
the assembly to please stand as we face the baptismal font, as we recognize that we come to this place out of the, the hubbub of life in which we face ups and downs of all sorts, emotionally, physically, um, spiritually. But we come to this place because we know and trust in God's promise of forgiveness as we forgive, as we confess our sins. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sins, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Son, you bring us into your kingdom of justice and mercy. By your spirit, give us your wisdom that we may treasure the life that comes from Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. For the children's message, come. Jesus said, let the children come. Do not stop them, but Urge them on, for to these the kingdom of heaven belongs. As they grow in their faith, the church will grow strong. Jesus said, let the children come. Jesus said, let the children come. Let the children come. Good morning. It's good to see you today. I'm going to say a phrase, and I'm going to say, the Lord be with you, and I'm going to make this gesture. I'm going to go, the Lord be with you, and you, in response, say, and also with you. What do you think of that? You want to try it? The Lord be with you, and also with you. Pretty good. Let's, let's see if they know how to do it out here. Maybe they can teach us how to do it. You ready? Let's try it. Ready? The Lord be with you. Oh, did you see that? Did you catch that? Let's try it again. You ready? The Lord be with you. And also with me. Thank you. We'll practice that over the next couple of weeks. How do you, what do you think? Well, I would like to read to you from the Bible a story called the Parable of the Mustard Seed. Hmm, Jesus said one day to a crowd of listeners, he tapped his chin, how can I describe the family of God to you? Aha, God's family is like a mustard seed. But mustard seeds are tiny, the crowd exclaimed. So Jesus scooped some round black seeds from the ground and rolled them in his palm. When they grow, Jesus said, the mustard seeds turn into the largest, strongest plants around. Even birds put nests in their branches. The crowd was starting to nod. They were getting it. it. It starts small, but the tiny seed grows into something great, they said. He stepped back to, to show a full-grown mustard seed bush, and as tall as two people with birds in it 
and lots of leaves and lots of life, God's family may have started out small, Jesus says, but each time someone shows or tells others about the love of God, it grows and it grows. And so I have something for you today. I have a, a little plastic bag here for each one of you, and it has in it some seeds. You can take that. That's for you. Just don't slide this thing over because the seeds will spill out of it, but that is for you. And in this little bag, along with all of those seeds, will you take that for your sister too, please? Thank you. Along, there you go, along with those seeds is a, a piece of paper that reminds us of the story that we heard today. Faith and love, even as small as a mustard seed, will grow and grow and grow. In other words, whenever you are kind to someone, or say I love you to someone, or share your toys with someone, it's like one of these seeds that, though it's a small thing to do, when it grows, it becomes enormous. And it's for you to learn and to grow. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for Jesus and for the story of the mustard seed to remind us that our faith and our love may start small, but it will grow and grow and grow and help lots of people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming forward, and you may take those baggies with your, uh, your mustard seeds home with you, okay? Thank you for coming forward. You may return to your seats. Our first reading is from 1 Kings. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. <clears throat> Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, 
and no one like you shall arise after you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Your decrees are wonderful, therefore I obey them with all my heart. When your word is open, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as you always do to those who love your name. Order my footsteps in your word. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. Rescue me from those who oppress me, and I will keep your commandments. Let your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears, because people do not keep your teaching. The second reading is from Romans. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, Will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died. Yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Word of God, word of life. gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid, and then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into the baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age." The angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood this all? And they answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Welcome to all of you who are visiting with us for the first time today. Um, And for those who are viewing from home, we welcome you to this worship assembly. And we hope that you are blessed by your presence here. We know that we are blessed by your presence here. Grace to you and peace. From God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Have you heard the, the description H-E double toothpicks? Do you know what I'm referencing with that? Okay. Well, you've heard the saying, going to H-E double toothpicks in a handbasket, right? That's the, the viewpoint that Circumstances are rapidly deteriorating, and such deterioration can only lead to one unfortunate end. 
I heard someone use that phrase about the world this week. The world is going to H-E double toothpicks in a handbasket. Reflecting on all the violent weather and the social unrest and the unruly politics taking place across the planet right now. It's not too hard to imagine from where this person was drawing her conclusions. The world seems, in her observation, to be heading to H-E double toothpicks in a handbasket. Such an attitude has been around, though, for a long time, not just this past week or past year or even in our lifetime, but for a very long time. Reading today's portion of Paul's letter to the Romans and listening to still more parables offered by Jesus to his disciples speaks to this sense that circumstances can seem as though they are spinning out of control and seem to be headed for catastrophic conclusion. But instead of our hearts being drawn into the idea that all is headed for destruction, that the world is going to HG double toothpicks in a handbasket, what do you think is really going on? How is it that Jesus can offer up parables about a mustard seed or yeast or treasure hidden in a field, a pearl and a a net full of fish as the holy contrast to that handbasket theory. Paul does a pretty good job, I think, of, of summing it up in, verse, in, uh, in these verses from chapter 8, which, by the way, are among some of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Beginning at the 31st verse, he writes, What then are we to say about these things? Again, this, this perspective that all is, is going wrong in the world. What are we to say about all these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, and we all know what happened to Jesus, but gave him up for us all, will he not with him also give us everything else? Recognizing that there is plenty that can happen in a person's life to cause us to question our relationship to God, not to mention the meaning of our own existence in this, on this planet, Paul writes, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? Ponder that for a moment. It can sometimes seem like life is futile. It it can feel like situations and occurrences and relationships, people's choices just don't make sense. At such times as life seems to be headed to, to a very dark place then, we may even question God's activity level at all. Where is God in all of this? Is God walking away from the scene of the accident? Did God forget about us? Is God angry with me? But Paul challenges that sense of futility with these questions. If God is for us, who is against us? Another way to think about it is, if God is for you, what difference can anyone or anything which seems to be against you make in the scheme of 
all that happens to you in a lifetime. Isn't God mightier than anything that might be against you? Another way that Jesus affirms that sense that God is mightier than it all is by way of parables, teaching us about God and God's ways, chiefly the power of God, yes? It's hidden, oftentimes in the midst of creation itself. It is a mustard seed. It's tiny, insignificant at first look, but packed with potential for life and good. It's like that leaven that causes the bread to rise. God's power is like treasure in a field, a a precious pearl, a, a net full of fish. It's there, hidden in plain sight, in life's experiences, robust, expansive, loaded for generosity. Jesus teaches us, contrary to the handbasket and H-E double toothpicks bound theory, that God is in the act of saving the world, not condemning the world, as John reflects in his 17th verse of chapter 3. God came to cl- gives us Jesus to claim the world and all of us in it. So from whom or from what, we might ask? Namely, one could argue, from ourselves, from the choices that we make. God has sent Jesus to claim us for salvation from ourselves. And for God's reasons, God hasn't chosen to do that in in as obvious a manner as we might otherwise like. You know, no billboards telling us specifically what to do or what not to do. But even more importantly, God has chosen to work toward the salvation of the world, not just in you, but through you for the world. You and I, we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, And we are accounted among God's elect, God's chosen. Does that register with you to to think of yourself as God's elect, God's chosen, called out, set aside, that you indeed are special? Paul writes, who and what will bring any charge against God's elect? If God is for us, who or what can be against us? And if they are, what does that matter? (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? You have a role to play in this thing we call life, in this place that we call the world. Earlier in the letter, Paul writes this, verse 26, "'Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness.'" For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. I love that phrase because there are often times, and I suspect that you share this experience, that I don't know what to say to God. I can't come up with the right vocabulary or or, or say what I really feel. And God tells us in Paul's letter that a sigh is enough. A sigh is enough speaks volumes. Try it. Now, don't do that too often in the context of my sermons, because then I I might worry about what's going on out there, but try it one more time. 
Sometimes that's just enough. And God who searches the heart, (laughs) indeed the sighs, knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Saints are elected, they are chosen, they are you and me. We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. Friends, life can seem a bit out of control at times. The tragedy of warring nations that, that make the headlines as well as the, mo- the more intimate battles we wage every day in our homes or in our neighborhoods, at school, at work, even in our own bodies and minds, right? There's a lot going on, a lot to, lot to contend with. The holy and often a unobvious truth in all of that is that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's the truth. And so we need to grab hold of that truth with our heart. We need to model what it is like to grab hold of that truth and to know that God's love is bigger than any handbasket that's going anywhere that it's going could ever be. And like that mustard seed, the the leaven and the precious pearl, we can trust that there is deep purpose and meaning to our lives because God is at work in them, elected, chosen, set aside, called out. God is at work in these lives to lead us in the way of salvation and through us the salvation of the world. Because the truth is our lives in the world are not located in a handbasket, thanks be to God, and anywhere else designated for eternal destruction. We, creation, are destined for salvation. That's God's plan in Christ Jesus. So the journey we're on as followers of Christ Jesus and as people who seek to pursue our lives in answer to Jesus' call to love and to serve, which is what Jesus says over and over and over again, is to refuse the theory that the world is going to H-E double toothpicks in a handbasket, which is fear-based, by the way. God tells us over and over again in Scripture, fear not, do not be afraid. And instead, invoke the same source of wisdom that Solomon invoked in our reading from the Old Testament version of Kings. Strive then to identify ways that we may participate in God's ongoing activity to empower us, empower us toward salvation. That goes for individuals, that goes for cultures, that goes for races, that goes for countries and structures it goes for the whole planet not so obviously perhaps god has our lives and the life of the whole creation in god's hands what we far too often refuse to believe and and behave like however is that we are in that hand basket going elsewhere but no we are in god's hands and in all the ways that God promises God elects you and me to partner with God yes and to insofar as we trust that we can then seek ways to to mend relationships where relationships have been wounded and are broken in the likeness of Christ Jesus we have a purpose and a role to heal to 
men. To live up to the namesake of our congregation to provide reconciliation wherever we go. It goes for individual relationships as well as communal relationships, cultural, religious, and political relationships, and historical relationships, and even our relationship to the planet, earth, land, sky, water. We are in this life to reconcile all things to God's goodness. Too often our relationships do seem like they're heading in a in a handbasket sort of a direction opposite away from God's desire or plan. But the truth remains, as signified most vividly in the cross and resurrection of Christ Jesus, that God has got this in God's hands. In believing God elects us to get it too, we have a role to play in this world. We are not in a handbasket. We are in God's hands. In those hands we know, indeed, we trust that all things work together as Scripture promises. For what? For good. For good for those who love God. Let us love God, then, for salvation's sake, and and let it be an example of God's mercy and love in every relationship that we are a part of. For the good of God's good creation. Amen.
Let us confess the faith into which we are baptized. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He has seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Confident that God receives our joys and concerns, let us offer our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of creation. Almighty God, we pray for the church and all servants of the gospel. Equip rostered and lay ministers to proclaim that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Form confirmands and catechumens into disciples. Hear us, O God, Your mercy, mercy is great. Gracious God, we pray for the well-being of creation. Safeguard the environment, clean polluted rivers and lakes, preserve the mighty tree and the tiny mustard seed, and send advocates for sustainable practices. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Compassionate God, we pray for the nations. Instill in all who govern the ability to discern between good and evil, free those who are oppressed, and protect those facing danger. Promote peace across the world and in our towns and neighborhoods. Hear us, O God. Your, Your mercy, mercy is great. great. Merciful God, we pray for all in any need. Protect those fleeing from war, shelter any who are in poverty, clothe the naked, soothe all who grieve, and heal the sick, especially those on our prayer list, as well as those we name aloud or in the quiet of our thoughts. Hear us, O God, your, your mercy, mercy is great. great. Holy God, we pray for this congregation, both those gathered today and those absent from our assembly. Grant safety to travelers and refreshment and safety for children attending summer camps or community programs. Give direction to any experiencing life transitions. Hear us, O God, your, your mercy, mercy is great. great. Eternal God, we give thanks for your saints who now rest from their labors. Inspire us by their witness to treasure the gospel and continually nourish us with your grace. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray. In the name of the one who reconciled all creation to himself, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also Let us share Christ's peace with one another. Peace be with you. Peace be with you.
be with you. <laughs> okay. Peace be with you. We're going to do a praise song, so please sing with me. Worship our Lord this morning. You were the Word in the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. You're hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Sounds wonderful. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you. You silenced the fear of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory for you.
God of field and forest, sea and sky, you are the giver of all good things. Sustain us with these gifts of your creation and multiply your graciousness in us that the world may be fed with your love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and our duty that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us sing responsively the Lord's Prayer. Our Father Oh. 
save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. For the kingdom and the power All people are called to Christ's table. Come, eat what is good. Thanks be to God.
generous God for the refreshment we have received at your banquet table. Send us now to spread your generosity into all the world through the one who is our dearest treasure, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The God who calls across the cosmos and speaks in the smallest seed, bless, keep, and sustain you now and to the end of the age. Amen. peace, share the harvest. Thanks be to God. If we are convinced that Jesus lives after eight verses, 
We have a long way to go, don't we? Please join us for fellowship in the, in the ministry center.